0: This is Face the Music, an electric light orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 122, So Serious. That song all about. So Serious is the second track on Balance of Power, and in a 1986 issue of Sound Check, Jeff Lynn said, "Some songs come really quick, like So Serious." The words to that came very quickly. It's about a relationship. It could be a relationship between two people or two countries or whatever. People are always going around being fed up or wishing they hadn't done something, or wishing things were different. But it's probably not that serious when you get down to it. If you just talk to somebody about it, it probably all goes away. It's better than sitting there brooding about it. In a 1986 British radio interview by Paul Sexton, Jeff said... I think my favorite track is probably So Serious because it's so simple and it says a lot of things.
1: Lighten up, Francis.
0: I'm Eric Paul Johnson.
2: And I'm Eric Winsenson.
0: I liked So Serious. And I never thought I would hear myself say that. Uh, It's not like I always hated it. It was just kind of like it's there. I don't I don't mind it. It's fine if it pops up. It doesn't really do much of anything for me. But this time when I was playing it for Madeline so she could tell me if she likes it or hates it, it was like I like this song. And I'm wondering what's happening cuz last week with Heaven Only Knows, I was I've always been hmm, Heaven Only Knows, there it is. This time I was like I, oh i i kind of liked it and was so fine or so fine that's a different elo album and a better song even though i did like so serious yeah i i I liked it i did i didn't i didn't see that coming and i wonder if time has changed me or if time has changed the album to where it's like am i going to wind up liking balance of power after 34 years of (sighs) balance of power
2: Well, we're only two songs in. (laughs) Yeah. So who knows? But I have some albums where sitting down and listening to the album is a drag. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: However, sitting down and listening to one or two songs off the album, even though sitting through the album might be a drag, I still like most of the songs on the album. It's just for some reason the album doesn't work, (laughs) but most of the songs off the album work. One of John Anderson's most hated solo albums, In the City of Angels. It's very kind of 80s pop in a lot of places, but when you listen to the song separately, ah, that's a decent song. You listen to the whole album, when's this going to be over? (laughs) (laughs) So that might be what we're experiencing here. We may be getting a little bit of a different experience listening song by song than having to sit through and go, okay, I'm putting on Balance of Power. (laughs) That said, this is a pretty good song. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I I I mean uh I mean it's I couple of the rhymes in there are questionable. <laughs> yeah. But other than that <sighs> It's going to be running through my head all day long now.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's been happening with me too.
2: Yeah, there's not really any attempt to do anything major with it other than just make a pop song. And in a couple places, it sounds like 90s Tom Petty a little bit. Hmm. Because I can start seeing some of the production that Jeff Lynne was going to be using later. I mean, I can hear the echoes of what's going to be in there, I should say. Right. Um, because there's not a lot of guitar or anything in this. But I can hear some of the little tricks that he uses down the line here but it's actually not a bad song and the fact that it's a very short song helps
0: yeah yeah it does
2: it sounds like an 80s pop song
0: there's parts of it here they sound kind of Orbison-y there's the build-up before the chorus that reminds me of things that Roy Orbison used to do especially running scared which is all build-up until the very end of the song but you know- beatles liked it so much that they used it on please please me which i can also hear a little bit of during the chorus like around near the end of the chorus before it gets back into the song
1: really out of touch.
0: <laughs> there's sort of a steve winwoody thing here the synthesizer solo that's playing here Sounds sort of like what Steve Winwood used on When You See a Chance, that stuff from Ark of the Diver. Although it's more high-pitched, still it kind of reminds me of that kind of stuff.
2: I was surprised in the video to see them throwing in the cello and the violin, even (laughs) though there is violin in it. I mean, at least in the video version, there's violin. There's that little tiny violin portion in the video that actually goes along with Mick Kaminsky playing it.
0: I, you know, I should have checked out the video before we did this. I didn't Yeah, because think it's got a cello
2: and a, and a violin in there. You do not hear any cello throughout this entire song. Well, so I do not know why they've got a cellist in the video. Not other th- than, hey, we're still Electric Light Orchestra. Let's drag in our cellist. But Mick Kaminsky's in the video, and at least in the video mix, which it looks like the video mix is different than what's on the album, according to the Jeff Lynne database, mm-hmm. there's a little tiny, at least... I don't know if it's a real violin piece or if it's Richard Tandy doing a synthesized violin on the song, but there's a little tiny violin piece that goes along with Mick Kaminsky's appearance and they're playing the violin, so.
0: Hmm. I mean, I do remember the video looking very, very 80s, very 1986, with things being all fluorescent and all the, the video tricks and all of that. I don't know why I blanked out on Mick Kaminsky. Of course, it's been a, maybe about a year since I last saw it, cuz you can buy it on iTunes which I did of course even though at the time I was like eh so serious well now I got to I got to watch it again
2: the video uses different shades and everything but it's basically all the shades used in the album cover yeah so it kind of films different things and shades that were used for the album cover face and then puts it all together at the end with the different cells and everything i know they were using gels on there or something like that so yeah um for filters I don't, at least on MTV, it does not say who directed the video, but I would swear some of the way that it's filmed and some of the exposure on there, except for when it gets into the filters, it looks like Storm Thorgerson a bit, because his videos tended to look like his album covers. He's the guy behind Hypnosis. I, I see Eric Paul nodding there. So he's going, who? uh uh-huh. so, Hypnosis. Yeah. Now, Hypnosis, you'll probably know Hypnosis on the album covers. Because they did a lot of those album covers like Yes is Going for the One, Scorpion's Love Drive, Bad Company's Desolation Angels. You know that one? I think so, yeah. Okay. All the Alan Parsons and Pink Floyd albums.
0: Okay. Those I know better.
2: Okay. So there we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wish You Were Here is one of his classic ones.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. So he has a certain way of framing and a certain way of doing an exposure and a certain way of preparing his photos to where they look. You can always tell it's his work no matter what. Mm Mm-hmm. And his videos tend to be the same way, if you've ever seen the video for Turn It Up by Alan Parsons. I have not. It looks like basically a lot of his album covers. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was thinking, is that the way the hair is done and everything, he always had everybody do their hair in a specific way and always had everything framed specifically. So that's why I was wondering if he might have had something to do with that video.
0: I don't know. It's it's like I never really think of the director of videos, which is really kind of weird because it's the band doesn't have anything to do with the videos. They might have like a tiny say, and I'm not talking about ELO. I'm talking about bands, musicians in general. They might have some sort of say like, no, I'm not putting on a peacock outfit. But (laughs) um, for the most part, bands show up. They have instruments handed to them or they bring their own. They don't plug them in. And someone plays a tape and the director says... Lip-sync. Pretend like you're playing this. Which I, I I just, when I was 13 and 14, I totally bought into it. I was like actually shocked at some point when I found out, they're lip-syncing? And then when you watch the videos for Scandals, uh, Goodbye to You. And I'm thinking, they're getting a lot of noise out of those electronic instruments or electric instruments that are not plugged in. Yeah, so I, I just, I don't know, to me, I never really thought much of the directors. I always thought, there's the band. Man doesn't do anything. They show up and play their instruments. Director says, run. They run. Director says, react. And the musicians put their acting skills to work, which shows why they don't really do a lot of movies.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the band directs, and uh, you can always tell when the band directed because you're laughing the entire time through the video.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> you find out that they're not directors either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, a lot of popular filmmakers have come from directing videos and everything. But Thorgerson was more of a photographer. So his stuff looks like photography. That's why I love Stanley Kubrick so much. Everything he does looks like photography. But yeah, Russell Mulcahy, who did Highlander, he directed all the early Duran Duran stuff, like Rio and Hungry Like the Wolf. David Fincher directed Janie's Got a Gun for Aerosmith, and he's directed all this stuff like Seven and Zodiac. and
0: Right. And I think didn't Spike Jones not Spike Jones but a different yeah he directed videos before he got into movies didn't he
2: yeah fat boy slim he directed yeah. the one with um, Christopher Walken in it yeah the one with Christopher Walken flying around the room
0: yeah and then uh came being john malkovich which I thought was pretty freaking yeah. awesome
2: have you ever seen her
0: I, it's it's on my watch list
2: that one's good too so that's what i'm saying is that it's always it's not that it's a great video, it's just that it struck me that it might be this particular person. I think we've gone completely off the rails this is bon- on the video part.
0: This, this is expanded episode material.
2: But I still think the Hold On Tight is probably the best video they've done. At least video where it's typically what we consider a video, not just standing there performing.
0: Okay. Well, I think both of us are kind of like, yeah, okay, we like So Serious. I d- didn't see it coming, but yeah, we like it.
2: Right. I'm not going to be so serious as to not like this song.
0: There you go, and that's where we end it. Got something to say about so serious? Then call the telephone line voicemail.
1: 6-2-3-8-5-0-3-3-7-5. Oh, call now. It's time for a great line from ELO, from this week's song. What's my line? Wow, can it really be so serious to be so broken up and delirious? I guess we've
0: really been out of touch. Can it really be so serious? Was it a hit or was it? So serious was the second single released from Balance of Power. It came out on April 18, 1986 in America, where it didn't make the charts. Endless Lies was the B-side. The picture sleeve for the single was distributed in limited quantities on the eastern coast. The rest of the country got a plain white sleeve. It was released in England on May 2nd, 1986, backed with the non album track A Matter of Fact. The 12 inch single, released only in the UK, also included A Matter of Fact with different lyrics. The single petered out at number 77. It was covered by Cloetta Paris in 2008. Look, good ol' everybody. It's me, Dono, not Troy,
3: and I'm from Donostump.org, and this is my take on So Serious. Without the old pizzazz of the 70's ELO, what do you have left to keep the show going for just one more album? I'm afraid it's something like So Serious. New direction for a new era? Normally I would buy that, but when you sense the light at the end of the tunnel for contractual business reasons and there were indications of this just before the album was originally released, it takes the drama out of everything and in just case a certain amount of steam. For those of you who missed Bevan's drums, this track should take care of that worry, as this is not so cut-and-dry as the last album. Both slight and bombastic touches he is known for are littered throughout, only a tad knocks down. But he has still enough punch to let your ears know he is there, and that's good enough. This is not to say there's no energy and pulse with so serious, but the very basic, it is tracks like this in Balance of Power that demonstrates Jeff's stable and fine talent for crafting pop songs no matter what era, technology, and taste. Fanboy bellyaching sight, to be honest, I would rather hear something like this than anything by ELO Part 2. Thanks again, Bevan. Bring on the hate mail, you crybaby fanboys. Just another
1: example of knowing what to say and when to say it.
0: And now, Eric and Eric go under the covers.
1: The bond between the two men was unspoken. But unbreakable. Somebody did a cover version of So
0: Serious, Cloetta Paris, on her album Secret Eyes in 2008.
2: Her. Looked her up. She's a Swedish synth pop artist. And from what I understand, anybody who's bought the album says the album's pretty darn good. Which, if it's any sign from her version of So Serious, I. Yeah, it's probably something that I should be picking up because I was surprised that I liked the ELO version because I didn't expect to like it very much because it's from Balance of Power. But I did. And her version is just as good or even maybe a smidge better because um, since it was an 80s pop song synth pop works great with 80s pop and so this knocks it down to just that bubbly synthesizer sound and it works perfectly with it because it's a simple song in the first place so not too much to do with it other than just let the background go and sing and she's got that kind of high-pitched voice you expect from somebody doing this type of music and works perfectly
0: i thought so serious was a really really poppy pop pop song and then i heard this and it's like wow the song can get more poppy this isn't my kind of music you're not gonna find this kind of stuff in my playlist record collection so when i heard it i was like oh it's not so bad I mean, the tune itself is, like we just said a few minutes ago, I like So Serious. I wouldn't say that she strays so far from the original recording that it turns it into something completely different. She just super pops it up, you know, makes it super poppier. So it's really, it's, it's not a bad song. I, I, I kind of liked it. I don't like breathy voices. I just don't like how it hits my ear. And fortunately, she comes to the border of breathy where it's not to where it I, I don't like it. I would say it's syrupy, but um, it's kind of like uh, Mrs. Butterworth. It's syrupy, but I still like it. I, I was actually kind of surprised. Like, eh, Actually, it's, it's not so bad. I don't mind it. I'm 51 years old. I shouldn't be liking this 12-year-old girl kind of stuff. But it was like, that's eh, catchy enough i don't mind it
2: believe it or not this is not 12 year old girl kind of stuff this is stuff 50 year old men listen to <laughs> because it's a throwback to it synth pop is a lot of times a throwback to the sound of depeche mode and mm. human league and everything so it's trying to appeal in some cases to people who remember that type of music and no well, what i'm surprised is that her voice isn't cold because a lot of times when you do this type of music, usually you remove a lot of the emotion from your voice too. That kind of goes along with it a bit. Right. So you got a robot voice going along with the robot music (laughs) because, well, that's how Kraftwerk did it back when they kind of invented the entire style. Mm -hmm. She makes it sound light and happy, just like the original song was. Yeah. Even though it's a breakup song, it's still... Sounds nice and light and frothy and and I understand what you mean by breathy vocals because mm-hmm. too too much these days. Way, way too much. You get a female singer, especially when it's indie folk or something like that, and it's really slow and <laughs> every single thing. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when they're covering something that you know and you're just GET ON WITH IT! <laughs> I mean, it, I, it, oh God! Those advertisements for stuff like Killing Eve and uh, Hannah and everything like that. Whenever I see those advertisements for those shows, and they're not shows that I that are particularly aimed at me that I watch either, but they always have those breathy female mm. singers on there <laughs> just to make you know that this show features empowered women. <laughs> Which, yeah, it sounds more like she's hiding behind the couch, which I don't know how empowered that is, but uh, well, the couch is the, is usually the wife's superpower because if you misbehave, that's where you're going to be. So <laughs> yes, yes.
0: And you have a wonderful wife. If you are not sleeping on the couch after some of the posts, I see you post.
2: <laughs> we have a very comfortable couch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're all jokey though. They're not serious when you post yes. those things. Um, Back to the Depeche Mode, the the kind of thing you were saying about. There was a little part in there. Tonight, tonight, tonight. It sent my head back to 1981. I run through a synthesizer backing vocal. And sort of sounded, in my head, very 81-ish.
2: But that's kind of what this type of music is. It's more of a throwback to an 80s sound, but using updated, well, updated for 2008 yes. technology. Even though, to tell you the truth, you listened to Au Revoir Simone or something like that or a modern synth pop from now really doesn't sound much different than it did 10 15 years ago so
0: yeah it just sounds like uh, some sweetener was added to at least this version of 80s pop regurgitation reminiscence i can't i'm, uh, I'm working on an r word and i can't think of it
2: recycling retro. recycling <laughs> retro one of those
0: those will all work
2: resuscitation might be a good word for it
0: there there you go early yes. 80s synth resuscitation That's good. I like
2: that. Regurgitation, I would say if it was a bad song, but since it's a good song, Resuscitation. Yeah,
0: that sounds good.
1: Hello, this is Troy. Well, now we're talking about one of my favorite songs on Balance of Powers, No Serious. In fact, it's one of my all-time favorite ELO pop songs. It was the second single from the album, and in my opinion, it's a textbook example of the perfect pop single. But I don't really want to get into much of that. You'll probably hear a lot of comments praising this song. Instead, I want to put forth a proposition to you that occurred to me as I was listening to Balance of Power again before the episodes devoted to this album started on the podcast. And something hit me, something I never thought of before, but I submit to you that so serious and getting to the point are part one and part two of the same breakup story. Getting to the point is obviously about a breakup and I'll talk more about it next week, but that's when reality slaps you in the face. But so serious is the aftermath of the breakup, the immediate aftermath. You're in shock. You can't believe that he or she has dumped you and you don't want to face reality. So you try in vain to see if things can work out. Night after night, I try to put it all back together. Night after night, I try to find the key but it won't fit. Brilliant lyrics. It took me by surprise. That look in your eyes. Can't we talk it over? Please, can't we talk it over? No, because she's not returning or he's not returning. Any of your phone calls. And they've reported you to Facebook for being a Facebook stalker, so no. They don't want anything to do with you anymore. But you're not at that stage yet. So you're asking, why be so serious? I'm sorry, whatever I did, just please give me another chance. And if you have a landline, the phone keeps ringing, like in telephone line. And if you have a cell phone, well, you can't keep the phone ringing. But he or she is blocking your text. But you know, oh, it's got to work out. It's got to work out. And then slap in the face reality. And we'll talk about that next week. This has been A Thought from Troy. Like it, hate it, what does Madeline
3: think?
0: I like the song Legos and yeah, bye. Wow, she liked it. Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELOPod. Next week, episode 1, 2,
1: 3, Getting to the Point.